Who's on second? Who's on first? What base do you want to talk about? I'm going to get in a lot of trouble here. You play to win the game. We're in here talking about practice. At home, they call me Big Al, and I hit dingers. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Come after me! They're comedians, they're sports fans, and all-around degenerates. It's the Who's On First podcast with your hosts, Matt Marin and Anthony Passaretti. I'm a man! I'm 40! All right, we're back. Another episode of Who's On First. I am Anthony Passaretti. And I am Matt Marin here. Another, uh, still in quarantine. Another quarantine Who's On First. God, I feel like we're going to be saying that forever. That feels <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah, right? It feels like this has been going on for so long. Uh, but, you know, sports are starting to creep back. We still have a, a show to do. I wanted to – I guess I'll start off on an interesting question I had. I'm curious what your take on this. I wasn't having the best day today, and whenever I have a bad day, I watch jackass movies. Okay. Are the non-professional skateboarding jackass guys athletes? <laughs> Are they athletes? They use their bodies to, like, make... But they don't play a game. Um, I mean, they could be. There, I mean, there are people who don't necessarily play a sport that are athletic. Um, I wouldn't necessarily consider them... I mean, professional athletes, I would say, no. But they make their money using their body for physicality. Well, so did Evil Knievel. Was he an athlete? I think yes, actually. <laughs> really? A stunt? <laughs> yeah, someone who I, does stunts? But see, so, yeah, no, I think stunt people are athletes because they, 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 they were such a physically demanding thing. and it's. I mean, a, I think they – I would say that they can be an athlete. I wouldn't call them a professional athlete. They don't play a sport. That's, see, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that, that's what the debate becomes. It's like – do, do you have to play a sport to be considered a professional athlete, or is it somebody who uses their body physically to make their money? Um, then would you consider strippers athletes? This is also an interesting question. This is why <laughs> I brought this up. This is what I was very curious to, like, I was just sort of thinking about this because I was watching Jackass 3, like, right before we started recording because, like, yeah, no, I, I want to do what I, I, I want to be I like. I think you have to play a sport. I don't think Johnny Knoxville is a professional athlete. <laughs> I, this, I think that we could go both ways on this, but that's just sort of how I wanted to to open it up because that's what I've been thinking about I mean, all day. He, he's no uh, Joey. He's no Joey Chestnut or Takeru Kobayashi. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's just like the the the, the range is huge. Um, I I guess the big story of the week, sports wise, is everybody's trying to figure out how to do sports again. And yeah, lots of different seem, people are doing it lots seems of different like, ways. Yeah, they're ready to start coming back slowly. Like certain states are opening certain things. New York City still has another month of uh, stay-at-home uh, order. But we, uh, yeah, you, you were having a bad day. You decided to watch Jackass. I feel like a lot of people were having a bad day recently and decided to watch NASCAR for the first time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh yeah, I, that's I did not. I'm not that desperate. I did not watch the Spring Cup race. Did you? <laughs> uh, I was watching bits and pieces of it. I was. I'm still addicted to MLB the show. So, the thing is, I don't know how to watch NASCAR. It's one of those things where, like, I didn't understand like watching golf until I played golf, and then I got it completely. Like when I was playing golf, watching professional golf was really interesting to me. And it's maybe it's because I've never raced cars. I don't understand what I'm supposed to even be looking for when I'm watching NASCAR. I mean, I've never, I mean, I've never raced like a stock car, like NASCAR wise or anything. But um, uh, I think if you've ever done go karts, you kind of get it. 
but, but okay, but every time I've done go karts, it's either been like it was like a twelve year old's birthday party where they had like speed restrictor plates, or it was like I'm twenty and trying to make sure that the mall doesn't breathalyze us before we go in college. That's fair. <laughs> it's like, um, so so like I don't know about the racing aspect of it. They got pissed if you tried to pass people at the go kart track at the mall. Oh, okay, that's bullshit. So imagine if it's like go karts, except you're not in trouble if you pass. In fact, you're supposed to. And you also will run out of gas every once in a while. You also have to do that little track about 200 times. And uh, you're going to have to decide when you want to stop for gas the multiple times you have to during the race. And also you're going 200 miles an hour and uh, the vehicle is a lot bigger. I, I understand that part too. I mean I'm not saying it's like – that's more like the doing it. I'm saying like when I'm watching it, I don't even know what I'm watching for. Like I – I'm mostly just like, are they going to crash? Maybe. But, like, I, I don't know how to, like, I can't be watching it and know, like, oh, this guy's in sixth place, but he's in a prime position to, like, do good. I just don't know the sport on that level. Well, sometimes just, you may not be able to keep track of it. Usually the people announcing will let you know when someone's made their most recent pit stop. So somebody may be in first place, but they're going to need to pit within the next couple of laps. Somebody's in first place with ten laps left, but they need to pit, so they're probably not going to end the race in first place. True. No, I'm not, I'm not like crapping on it in any way. I'm just saying like, it's just so, so far out of my watching that I don't even know how I'm supposed to be excited. And also as as they're racing, you see them trying to kind of maneuver. Certain guys are on the same team and maybe helping each other pass by other people. There is a lot going on. I do know how to watch it. Um, and you're not shitting on it, but a lot of people just, if they don't know or like something, will completely shit on it. And I only do that with golf because it's not a sport. But other than that, I don't understand why people do oh, it. Oh, go try. Go try it. It's, it's infuriating. It's, oh, it's one of the most <laughs> There are a lot of things that are very difficult. That doesn't make them sports. It, it, but it's one of the most deceptively difficult things you've ever, like, everybody, like, looks at it like, oh, you can sort of do this. The amount of, like, precision and focus that needs to be had. Absolutely. Before- any of that can be have you ever then, uh, I, I watched professional cornholing on espn once this is before the pandemic this is before the pandemic by the way i actually chose to do this <laughs> and it was uh cornholing you know cornholing at the carnival we yeah, like, the- uh, oh my god yeah absolutely we used I've to have seen, a thing in our garage for family barbecues i've seen professional cornholing and the guys who are good at it it is amazing how good they are at it it is incredibly difficult i do not think it is a sport that one, but that one's a little bit different though, because all you have to do is maximize one, like you have to perfect one motion. It's not like professional cornholing is there's like all kinds of different courses and holes and stuff. It's like you're standing across, it's like professional beer pong. It's like once you get the motion perfected, it's sort of just like who can sort of fuck this up first. I always felt that way about professional billiards too. It's like if you get perfect at billiards, a professional billiards match is waiting for someone to make the first mistake. You're yeah. watching both of them play perfectly, which is, like, not – I'm not going to say it's, like, not – it's a completely different style of competition, I think. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think – I remember having a debate with a few friends of mine. We decided that there are um, there are sports, there are athletic competitions, and there are activities, and that's the three different categories. What what make what differentiates an activity from an athletic competition? I understand where you're coming from with sports. Poker would be and uh, an activity because it doesn't require it only requires your brain. It doesn't require athleticism. Fit. You could you could be any sort of body type and and be good at that. Yes, and an athletic competition 
is maybe no one's necessarily playing any defense against you. You're just it's just your athleticism there. It's a way to kind of differentiate something like um, a football game from diving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just had so many flashbacks. A lot of my friends in college were on the diving team. I used to I used to chill with the diving and swim team because they were like the sports team that actually like. They didn't chill with the other sports teams. Like, they were, they wanted to have fun. I always thought those dudes were, like, the most fun dudes ever. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> but uh, there should be a line between athletic competition and, like, an actual game sport where someone is trying to actively stop you from accomplishing a goal. Sure. So, so, okay, so you think, um, a def- like, an offense versus defense creates the... Something sport. where somebody is actively competing against you, as for, like, actually impeding your ability to do what you're trying to do. Interesting. So that w- so by that metric, then golf comes off the board in that way. They, golf, it, it's an athletic competition. Or an activity. But sport, I think the bar's been lowered too much, where you get guys playing professional beer pong calling themselves athletes. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they televise that in Vegas. They, te- they televise poker, too. It gets to the point where some people think that the guys who are in Jackass are athletes. They are. You get hit <laughs> by a bull and tell me you don't need to be in shape. Just <laughs> this is going to cause more debate than our sportscaster bracket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were actually kind of on the same page the whole time about that. That's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, so golf and racing are back, and that's sort of what we're talking about, I guess, is sort of the headline I have on that. Golf. Yeah. I didn't... Who won the race? Uh, Kevin Harvick, former Daytona 500 winner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I didn't... There didn't seem to be any eventful news during the race that happened, but I be, they're doing, like, another one. Uh, we're recording this Monday night, so by the time this will come out, there'll already have been a second race. So they're kind of pushing them together to try and get as many races out as they can to make up for the ones they they missed. It was like 3 and 11 days is what I was reading, right? Yeah, something like that. Um and I know and we had another UFC fight also. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I I just for whatever reason I meant to watch it and it just sort of spaced over I I've, I've been all over the place the last 4 days. I've been losing my mind pretty quickly. Yeah, <laughs> over the course of quarantine, I'm 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 not the same person I was at the start of quarantine. I'm fucking losing it. But I wanted to, uh, I wanted to uh, watch that, and I missed it. That guy lost. He lost for his stepdaughter. Walt Harris, <laughs> whose uh, stepdaughter tragically passed away. Uh, this is his first fight since then. And, um, yeah, he uh, started bringing it up about he was doing this for his daughter, for the memory of his daughter. Made it kind of a storyline going in. And then it was like, Jesus, I wouldn't do if you lose, what happens? And that's what happened. He lost. I, I honestly, my first thought is I'm so fucking glad I forgot about this fight because I would have bet a ton of money on him <laughs> <laughs> and, fucking, and fucking lost it all. Thank God. <laughs> well, he's fighting Alistair Overeem, who's not what he once was, but Overeem's a, Overeem's a tough guy. Uh, he got caught once... Um, I think it was uh, he was busted for steroids and said it wasn't steroids he took. He just ate too much horse meat. <laughs> what? <the laughs> yeah. fuck? That's a fucking hilarious excuse for taking steroids. That's I what uh, popped. Uh, probably took. Yeah, that's what got him the positive test. Too much horse meat. 
that's, uh, that's actually an interesting transition into one of the weirder sports stories of the week. Um, have you been following the DeAndre Baker and Quinton Dunbar Story. Yeah, they were the two football players who were like arrested for was it robbery or something? They they were accused of armed robbery. There is a video that hasn't been publicly released yet that TMZ claims to have, but as of 16 hours ago, all five people who put in legal like testimonies against these two dudes recounted them. So now there's all this like there's so much gray and confusion. No one knows what happened at all. Either either they paid off all five of these people completely or the whole thing was bullshit in the first place. But, like, how is there this much smoke and no fire anywhere? Like, something weird happened. Yeah. I'm not saying they armed robbed the store, but something is – something's up. Yeah, that seems tr- – uh, it was the two of them and there were three witnesses – no, there was five witnesses. Five witnesses. Five different people had identical stories and all recounted them right away. So, like, that's strange. Like, that, yeah, the really, it's kind of like, it's like, that says to me either somebody, like, sent a letter to all five of them. It's like, we'll kill you if you don't recount this statement. Or here's a million dollars to recount this statement. I don't know what it, it is, but, like, five people having the same thing and then all doing this, like, that's yeah. smoke. Where's the fire? And it seems like, and they're not like huge NFL names, so it seems like it's like not like the NFL would be trying to protect them necessarily. They're both going. To, uh, one was a former New York Giant. He's not a Giant right now, but uh, yeah, it's I. I think it's just one of the strangest stories of the week. I don't understand. Uh, Do we know what the uh, store they were robbing? No, that's the other thing is they, they I don't think they were being super clear. It may, they the news articles keep making it sound like it was some fucking gas station convenience store. And if it was like a Wawa in New Jersey and you get five people telling up a telling a different story, it's like, well that's just how people in New Jersey are. Well, or anywhere. I don't think they're in New Jersey anymore. I think they're in California. But uh yeah. The uh I, five people telling the, it wasn't different stories. It was five people telling the same story, and then all five of them said it was not true again today, which is yeah. which is weird. That's just like not how these stories usually play out. So. Yeah, that seems strange. That is strange. On a different note, there was a lot of fun sports anniversaries this week. Yeah. This week was the anniversary of the very first televised sporting event ever. Real first televised sporting event ever. Can you give me the date yes. and I guess what it was? Nineteen thirty nine. Nineteen thirty nine. Was it I guess the sport? Was it boxing? Nope. Baseball. Yep. Baseball. Was it the World Series that year? College baseball. College baseball was the first ever televised sporting event. Princeton beat Columbia 2-1 in a 10-inning game aired on NBC in 1939. Wow. I actually might have also thought professional wrestling because uh, even though it uh, in the 1930s they took it out of the sports column of the newspaper because they knew it wasn't really real, it was still referred to as a sport. Like early Gorgeous George, one of the first television stars, uh, Vern Gagne and a few other guys, Muhammad Ali was, like, quoted as saying he got his idea for his character from Gorgeous George, who was an early professional wrestling television star. That makes sense, that, that makes sense to me that that'd be one of the first things aired. 
Yeah. So what else mm-hmm. do we got for anniversaries? The Odor Punch. The what? Oh, the, <laughs> the Ru- Roughnet Odor Punch. The Roughnet Odor. <laughs> the cleanest, most brutal punch I've ever seen in a baseball game. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I saw a tweet the other day that said Jose Batista is going to be remembered as one of the power hitters of Major League history, and Odor is going to be remembered as the guy that punched him. Yeah. <laughs> and Batista's got a weird legacy because he had like a three-year peak and nothing outside of that, really. Yeah. Do you think it was Royce? I don't know. His body didn't particularly change. So, but that's I've heard that the Blue Jays hitting coach in that era changed so much for all of them. And yeah, how is he not a billionaire now if he's so good at making fucking hitters? Yeah, I was going to say it may have been something like an adjustment to his swing or something that worked for a little while until I mean, he did he was like already uh 30 years old or close to it if not when he hit the when he like had his breakout. Mhm. Yeah, that was the weird part. He kind of shows that he, he had been in the league for so long being one type of player. He all of a sudden is, becomes this amazing all-star power hitter and then falls off. And then we talked about it a couple weeks ago. He wants to be a relief pitcher. Yeah, it's um, – but yeah, so he'll be remembered uh, – probably will be remembered for the bat flip, uh, which is what ended up leading to the mm-hmm. Odor punch the next season. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You can't – I – I think the players that get pissed at that have to sort of recognize, like, I'm kind of on the side of the bat flippers Me most too. of the time. I'm, I'm sure that you could find an example of somebody where I'm like, oh, fuck that guy. But, like, it would be personal bias. I feel like 100%. I love when people celebrate. Um, when, I, I like uh, celebrating. It got pretty big when uh, NFL players were doing touchdown celebrations. There was a debate whether or not that's okay or not. And uh, I remember Joe Horn was on the Saints, and uh, that was uh, the Cowboys are my team. But I lo- I was rooting for the Saints hard after Hurricane Katrina, and when I got Madden that year, the Saints were my favorite team to play as in Madden. Um, Aaron Brooks, a quarterback with Deuce McAllister, a running back, and Joe Horn as a receiver. That was a, such a fun team to play as and watch. And uh, so Joe Horn scores a touchdown. Takes in the field goal post, he hit his cell phone and calls out his cell phone to call his mom and tell her that he just scored a touchdown and got in trouble for it. And I remember that being a thing, but me thinking that was awesome. Terrell Owens signed a football with the Sharpie and gave it to a fan, and he, they were getting in trouble for it. But then Terrell Owens played against the Cowboys and posed on the star with his hands out after scoring a touchdown at midfield and then did it again. And Roy Williams, the safety on the Cowboys, tackled him before he could do it. And I was like, yeah, fuck you. Celebrations are bullshit. Even though I like celebrations, I just hated that he did it to the Cowboys. Yeah. No, exactly. That's like any of my – anything I'd say against it would be because some stupid Red Sox did it. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. So I missed that. I think that that was kind of cool. Like, I don't – what do you think it was? Like, why, why stop that? Like, they don't. They haven't stopped. People still bat flip. Just people stop caring as much. Oh, not bat flipping. I'm now. Now I'm talking about the touchdown celebrations, like the sharpies and the phones. Like that's fucking funny. Like, yeah. What, what is I the motivation to they stop do, that? They do have a penalty for excessive celebrations, and also I think people stopped getting upset by it as much. I think people didn't really care as much, and uh, it's not as fun to do. If the whole point of doing it is. If people are going to get upset. Same thing with, like, in comedy. When you do 
offensive jokes. Like, you wouldn't do them if there was no one offended, because that's the point of the joke, is to, like, poke and prod. I... I, but in comedy, I think I think the difference becomes in sports. There's an active fucking like advantage to doing something like that. You're like trying to fuck with the other person's head. Like it's shit talk. It's like I look, guess. look at this. I mean, they so, still but, do they still do celebrations. There was one a couple years ago where they played like duck duck goose after scoring. They like Gronk would always spike the ball. They like roll the ball, do the bowling pins thing. So they still do stuff. I think they're just not as good as Ocho Cinco, T.O., and Joe Horn were. Yeah, they're, but those are great. So like, so the rule is you can't put your knee on the ground during a celebration. What what fucking distinction is that? Was that to, <laughs> was that for Tim Tebow? No, I, maybe it was. Maybe they were just like, we're going to get Jesus out of our league, which is the opposite of what I think the NFL wants to do. Yeah. But uh, I just – I don't understand that because it, it, it is shit talk in, in some level. Like I understand being like if you were to like set something on fire or do something dangerous or just like run around being like holding your middle fingers up in everybody's face. Like I get where they're – like they would want to stop that. But the stuff like the cell phone, that feels like it would just make the league more exciting. Yeah. And then it's also like – the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Like, people would fucking love it if all of a sudden the next fucking play, that guy gets fucking smoked yeah. after he just put together a dance routine for his fucking touchdown. Yeah. I fucking think that'd be sweet. I don't... What is the rule really just like, we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Do I don't know. Play? I think it's excessive celebration and it's more of just like trying to be classy, quote unquote. I mean, they got the nickname the No Fun League, so... I guess, but, like, how classy can you be when your entire sport involves, like, sending people, like, bullets at each other? Just just, just destroy people. Like, wh- wh- where were you trying to be classy? It is a strange Remember thing that? when sports in general, sports is such a mainstream thing that sometimes you get, uh, not sometimes, a lot of times you get, they want to get sponsors, they want to do this, they're professional sports. But anybody who's ever been in a locker room of any kind, hang out with, now that, uh, with the internet and all, you like hear Blake Snell playing video games and talking, it's like, what about that person sounds professional? He sounds like a dude you hang out with, which is great, I love Blake Snell, I love all these mm. guys, but when you hear them talking and hanging out, these are not people who should be in a corporation of any sort, but because sports is very, like, connected to a lot of these things, they have to be classy, they are corporate, they're an organization, but it's all so fake. Yeah, I agree completely, and I also just, on a core level, it seems like people have just forgotten that shit talk has an advantage, like, it's a part of, like, people are loving this Jordan doc right now. It's just surprising to me that people don't see that. Remember when I got in that fight with that guy on Twitter because all the Yankee fans kept tweeting Uber or uh, chanting Uber at that one fucking pitcher? And then that guy said, like, what a bunch of deeply sad people who would chant Uber at this pitcher. And it's like, no, that's the one thing they knew about him. If he worked at J.P. Morgan, they'd they'd chant stockbroker at him. It's it's because they were trying to fuck with him, and it worked. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if he worked at J.P. Morgan, it's... it's it's the Bronx. They'd be chanting Jew, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, true also. And they, and I also got this This particular person I was fighting with happened to work for a professional fucking TV station in England. And he said like, oh, you guys should learn from us with our proper chants over here. We do, we do shit talking right. And I just responded to him like, 
You mean the fucking chants that keep getting you shut down for racism? And then yeah. he turned out to be black, which I didn't even know when I said that. And he went off on like a 20 fucking... He, he started coming out. He's like, look at my fucking picture and tell me that I hate... I love racist chants. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I looked at your picture and all I saw was someone who thought soccer was morally superior to anything. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Anybody talking about <laughs> saying you should chant more like they do in soccer games? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, how, how did that guy fucking write for... I'm still angry. That was like a year ago. I'm still fucking <laughs> mad about that. If I learned anything but, uh, from the last dance of Michael Jordan, uh, if you are still mad about things that happened a long time ago, it's just because you're a competitor. Yeah, exactly. That I mean, I guess we can hop right into it. That Jordan doc. I the, did you watch the last two episodes? Yes, I did. We fin- uh, the doc has just finished all ten episodes. Uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I, I stopped watching after five. I couldn't take it anymore. I wanted somebody to... T- I wanted something horrible about him to come out because he's a bad person. <laughs> he's not a good dude. And this was such a dick suck festival. Like, I just wanted at least one episode that went in on everything. He literally was drunk through every interview. You could see it in his eyes. His one eye started turning yellow because his liver doesn't work anymore. He's a, <laughs> like, he- there was one point where they actually asked him, um, do you feel... Uh, like, do you f- do you consider yourself a nice person? Like, did, uh, all this competitiveness and everything about you, like, is it worth sacrificing being a nice person? And he kind of, like, rambles a bit, but doesn't really have an answer to it. Like, he's like, yeah, I guess it did make me a dick. But that I saw someone say somewhere, like, yeah, if Michael Jordan ever went to therapy, the Bulls would have never won a championship. Absolutely. That's not even really what I'm saying. It's It's more just, like, he is an insanely interesting person who you could make a really fucking amazing documentary about where you talk about his highs and his lows. I don't want to see a documentary where the person who is about the documentary is about is an executive producer. Yeah. He owns all the footage. Yeah, I agree with that, that that um, did make it seem um, a little bit. Uh, I mean, it definitely does make it seem biased, but I mean, they do go into a lot. Of, I feel like you do learn about him through it. And it's um... I, I I accidentally ruined it for for Divya. She uh she was like talking, and I I said something that implied they win the '98 finals. Ah. Uh... And she's like she's like you ruined it for me, and I was like, well, hang on a second. Do you really think that after watching that? that guy would sit down for a 10-hour documentary about himself losing? No. <laughs> Come on. That is true. <laughs> yeah, like, there was context clues that might have hinted that they win. Yeah, I remember in his <laughs> Hall of Fame speech, that I remember that was news at the time because he was bringing up shit like his high school coaches said and how he proved them wrong. He's, like, in the Hall of Fame and he's still, like, settling scores. I've always wanted to, I always thought when, if I ever won an Oscar, if I would, I would do it like regularly the first time. But if I ever won a second Oscar, my whole speech would be about who could fuck themselves. Because <laughs> <laughs> nobody's done that. <laughs> I get that mentality. I'm not shitting on him for that at all. I think that's how you are if you're just super competitive. You just like can pretend like you don't care or forget that shit. But like the second you're by yourself for more than five minutes, you're sitting there thinking about like, oh, 25 years ago, I should have beat this person's ass. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. Um, but yeah, the whole uh, the whole doc, it w- I thought it was pretty good. You do get to see some of it is probably he's not being defensive really during it because he probably he feels like he's uh, he's producing it. He's uh, got a part in it, so he wants to be sharing all this. And 
him watching other people talk about him on the little like iPad they give him, and he's watching Isaiah Thomas talk, and he's just looking like, what the fuck? Yeah, but like I wanted that moment where like who's ever making the documentary is like, how responsible do you feel for your own dad's death? And just watch what he says. Well, they because they bring that up, and it's just everyone is a meet. There's no evidence or proof that it was. He like says like no, it, it, that wasn't true at all. They bring up the conspiracy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I the other thing about it that I wasn't, I never felt the need to watch the last three hours of it is because Twitter told like every time something cool would happen, Twitter would be so all over it, and I've been watching them on the DVR that I was yeah. like, oh. The flu game story spoiled. is interesting. You hear about that part of oh, it? Oh, I heard that. Yeah, they, th- they he said five dudes delivered him a pizza that was poisoned. Yeah, so... <laughs> the rumor was that he was hungover. Um, now, he had, like, gone to Atlantic City once before during a conference finals... As competitive as Jordan is, I don't know if he flies to Vegas completely unseen by anyone, parties and drinks, and then comes back was like the rumor. I don't know if that happens. The story they told on there was that it was just crazy food poisoning. They ordered pizza, and uh, five dudes came to deliver it, and like peeking inside to uh, see if Michael Jordan's really in there. And other people who were in the room who answered the door are the ones telling the story and corroborating it. It's not just Jordan saying it. And then no one else ate the pizza, just Jordan did. That part I find weird. The whole story is super weird. It's, it, it sounds like, I don't think he flew to Vegas. I think he was an alcoholic, and alcoholics drank. And I yeah. think he was in his hotel room drinking. I don't think he flew to Vegas or did anything crazy. I don't think he was, like, having some billion-dollar Coke and strippers party the night before the game. But I think he just was like, I want a drink to put the edge off. I want another drink because it felt better. And then by the time you have three drinks, you're going to have ten drinks because he's an alcoholic. He didn't seem like a dude hungover, though. Like, his sweating and all, it seemed like flu-like symptoms. It seemed more than... I've seen people hungover before. It didn't seem like a hangover. It seemed like something was wrong. That's what happens to me. If I'm ever wildly hungover, I cannot stop sweating. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was an interesting story, the, uh, pizza story. The idea of a bunch of Utah Jazz fans sabotaging Michael Jordan, that seems feasible. That, that seems like something that would happen. That, but that's, yeah, I guess now that I'm, like, really thinking about it, but it, that story doesn't feel true. I feel like no one still knows the exact truth about what happened. Yeah. Apparently, uh, during, like, an interview, one of the people who was in the hotel, one of the producers of the doc said that um, that night in the hotel room, they got the pizza, and Jordan said, I'm really hungry, none of you are eating this pizza, and then spit on it so nobody else would take any of the pieces, and that's how he got to eat it all himself. That part sounds real. That sounds <laughs> exactly, like, right up in his... Yeah. Right up in his thing. But, uh... Le- the, uh... Speaking of sports docs, I guess, uh... Did you hear that LeBron is producing an anti-Astros documentary? I did not. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. LeBron James was quoted as saying, If anybody cheated me out of a championship, I would do literally anything, anything at all to rectify that situation. Yeah. So he feels this is the most he can do to try to, like, for the Dodgers or Yankees, he's, like, going to produce and fund an entire anti-Astros documentary. Honestly, uh, Michael Jordan producing a documentary about himself versus LeBron producing a documentary about the Astros, I think i go LeBron is the best player of all time. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like, I, th- that's sort of my takeaway from this is I think LeBron now gets shit on in so many unfair ways at this point. Well, I think um, I said this in a comment thread where someone was debating LeBron versus Jordan that um, LeBron James seems like a nice, good person who all of his teammates like. Michael Jordan sacrificed all of that to be the best player ever. Yeah, but LeBron is arguably like how, how much better than jo- like if he's not the best, he's second best. Yeah, exactly. And everybody's going to like I, like him forever. I think they're both neck and neck. I think the little bit that puts Jordan over the top is uh, the part of his personality that also makes him a worse person than LeBron. Yeah, so I, I think it just comes down to like who do you want to be? And I think like it, at the end of the day, I think I'd rather be LeBron because like he's going to have a much, much happier post-career life. At yeah, this point. if I could uh, be a nice person who uh, most people like uh, as far as people who he interacts with and has played with and um, a lot of people think I'm the best of all time and if they don't, they think I'm second best. Yeah, I'd rather be that than um, Michael Jordan looking at iPads of other people shit-talking him, still being mad about it and being asked by a producer on his own documentary, are you a nice person? <laughs> yeah, and, and while your eyes literally turn yellow because your liver's failing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He uh, also, uh, the, I guess you in every kind of... LeBron announced also today that his production company, who did have a small hand in funding The Last Dance also, uh, they're producing a movie where Adam Sandler is going to find some, like, basketball star in some other country and, like, be his, like, manager, agent, coach to make him big in the NBA. It's going to be, like, a whole movie. LeBron's not going to be in it. He's executive producing it. That's fun. That's, uh... I wonder if it'll be similar to the character he played in Uncut Gems, like an old Jewy, nebbishy Jewish guy who wants to find a basketball player who's willing to do whatever I'm, it takes. That would be cool. I'm worried he's going to be more like Sandy Wexler. Yeah, I was thinking maybe somewhere <laughs> in between those two. Ho- hopefully, because Sandy Sandy was a little far on the other end. Yeah. Um. Hmm. What else do we got here? Uh, oh, this kind of relates to what we were talking about in football. Did you see James Harrison confirm this week that the Steelers had a bounty program? Yeah, uh, yeah, he said something about them handing him an envelope of money that the Steelers have all denied. Why would he say that <laughs> if it's not true? What, what what does he have to gain? I don't know. Do you know the details of it? Like what James Harrison said I, I, exactly happened? It, well, no, I, I mean, it's sort of just like what we were just saying. He just said in an interview that, like, he heard a key player on another team and then was handed an envelope of money. That's a yeah. weird thing to say if it didn't happen. Why is he trying to shit on Mike Tomlin for no reason? Yeah. it. Uh, and he doesn't, like, say that there had been a bounty, like, told him beforehand, just that they handed him an envelope after a vicious hit. Yeah, uh, that took the other guy out of the game. That's what uh, the bounty accusations always were. That like but you it had was, to get the person. Yeah, but it was also oh. he was originally fined seventy five thousand dollars for the hit, and it was uh, later reduced to fifty thousand dollars. And then they handed him an envelope. I remember when I first read that, I thought it was they were paying him back for the fine, saying the NFL can fine you, but we don't think that was a bad hit, so we'll cover it for you. I didn't read that's, it as a bounty okay. situation. No, that's okay. That's that. Yeah, that's that, that. Yeah, that's a different story. He should like. 
he probably should have been aware that anything he says in that regard is going to get taken toward to the bounty area because that is a thing in the NFL. Like the idea that it's not a thing. Yeah. Well, here we go. It was almost a thing in high school. Yeah. James Harrison on Instagram uh, posted out said, "Wow, y'all really trying to say uh, comparing what I said to Bounty Gate? Mike T has never paid me for hurting someone or trying to hurt someone or put a bounty on anybody. If you knew the full story of what happened, you'd know that's BS." For a legal play, wasn't even penalized during the game. The league getting pressured because of concussion lawsuits were starting. And the first concussion lawsuits were starting. They had to look like they cared about player safety all of a sudden. Before that, they had been selling a photo of that same play for $55 on the NFL website with other videos of NFL's greatest hits. When the league started pretending they, they cared about player safety, they took all those off their website and started finding guys ridiculous amounts for the same plays they used to profit off of. Everybody knew it. Even these same media people and all the fans were sending money to me and the team to cover the fine. At no time did Mike T ever suggest anybody hurt anybody or that they'd be rewarded for anything like that. Get the fuck out of here with that BS. The most, like, part of that sounded like it was written by his lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, some of it does, but... Uh, I mean, the lawyer probably said, here's what to say, but, you know, do it in your black way. <laughs> That's kind well, of what it sounds no, like I mean, if I, if, I, if I was his lawyer, I would put the, like, this sounds like you at the beginning, and then this sounds like you at the end, and then write that middle part. <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, that, that was a big story this week. Um, did you see what Odell Beckham Jr. did on Twitter today? No, I don't think so. Oh, my God. Fucking hilarious. Miles Garrett posted a clip from the last dance of Rodman uh, smacking someone on the ass and then the other person smacking him on the ass even harder and he pretends to be hurt. And then he captioned it, this is what Odell thought would happen when he spanked that cop. And then Odell retweets it and he's like, you know what was the funniest part about that is I was arrested for assault, which you somehow miraculously weren't, you fucking asshole. And they're still (laughs) on the same team. Yeah, so there, there's some bad blood there. Uh, he was pissed. Oh man! So that's, yeah. that's gonna be fucking it. I didn't see that. That's funny. That actually reminds me. We were talking about the NFL cracking down on not just celebrations but rules in general. Remember a few years ago when they did have the thing where they banned any player on the field from saying the N word. I remember them. I remember a controversy about that, but I don't. Is that like enforced? I don't know if it is anymore. This was years ago when they first came out, and there was the big story, everyone's banned from using it. And I was like, please, let me see the white referee who's going to throw a flag on a black player for saying the N-word during a football game. Because this this came up in baseball recently, too, because Kyle Larson said his shit, the NASCAR guy, and then Marcus Stroman was so fucking angry at him. Yeah. And... People started referencing this story from a year ago where Tim Anderson from the White Sox during a brawl kept saying the N-word and like people were trying to get him in trouble and Stroman at the time was very vocally defending him. Yeah. So people just kept bringing this story up again. But I don't – like I I don't know. I just sort of am remembering this story now as you're talking about it. Yeah, I remember that. That's crazy to be like, well, this black baseball player said the N-word, so why aren't you as mad at him as you are at the white NASCAR guy? Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, it, I agree with you there that it was like it's it's not the same comparison at yeah. all, and it's it's very very strange to be like, hey, Marcus, have the same energy for white people, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, but I just I'm just sort of remembering like I don't I don't think that I would have thought that there was rules about it like official. Yeah, I feel who's like they it, probably like said, put, like, like, put it in at one point. I don't know if it ever really got enforced. But that was because uh, that was kind of at the center of the Miles Garrett Mason Rudolph thing, so that's what reminded me there, of it. There's a I don't know. People get so weird about swearing and stuff, and part of it I get like, did you like, did you know in, uh, you're not allowed to swear in casinos? Really? Yeah, if you swear at a casino table, you get one warning. The pit boss will come over and talk to you, and if you do it again, you're you you're done playing. You're out. Like you can you can literally do coke in the bathrooms. You can get hookers. You can do anything you want. But if you get a bad hand and go ah fuck, th- someone's gonna come over and be like, that's your one warning. You're you're gonna be. So it's just like, and I get it because like that's the first red flag that someone's about to freak out. I guess, but that's but, that, I think that's changing. Uh, like they were dropping f bombs in the Last Dance on ESPN, and mm-hmm. it's throughout you, my you life. Can do it on I've FX seen, now too. I've seen things become more okay as far as that goes. Where now, I've never seen anyone really get offended by any swear word. As far as they get offended by content, like I feel like network TV shows at this point. It's not far before they have someone dropping F-bombs or saying shit on their airwaves, but no one can say anything about Jewish people or Dominicans or black people. Like, I feel like that's where the line is uh, at this point. People are crazy about all I got into an argument the other day with somebody about, like, uh, the, the, I was trying to say that Airplane, the comedy movie, ages much better than a lot of other comedies from that era. And they immediately pointed to, like, oh, don't they, like, subtitle it when black people are talking in that? It's like, I, yeah, but it, the context of that was fine. And then their argument was that, like, Superbad is better. Be, I, I don't know what I'm even trying to say here. Their, their argument was that Yeah. Their argument was that a joke about race is worse than a movie where saying faggot a hundred times. It, it's like, I, one age is better to me. I feel like people are going the wrong direction, like eliminating words isn't going to do anything. Yeah, I don't know. Anybody who's uh, going back and watching 30-, 40-year-old movies or even 10-year-old movies, if you're going back and watching old stuff to get upset about it, you uh, – I mean I guess in quarantine there's not much else to do. I'm not doing anything I can say is more productive. But either way, anything is more productive than that. Yeah, no, I I agree with that completely. It was that's why we got into like an argument about it. It was like it was like a throwaway thing because we were just sort of saying like comedy movies haven't been that great recently, and you yeah. have to go back pretty far. And then someone's like, "Well, they all age badly." I was like, "Well, not all of them age as badly as others." Either way, uh, the NBA is switching balls. This is what we're left with talking about. <laughs> yeah, what is what was what are they going to do? I forget exact. Um, it's it's either they they were Spalding and now they're going to use Wilson, or it's the reverse of that. Yeah, I think I saw something like that also. Um, yeah, I can't imagine that that'll have too much of an effect, but I don't know. If it does, can you imagine if there's someone whose career is fucking ruined because they changed the brand of the balls and now they can't shoot anymore? Or a career is made. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. The reverse of that. Like there was somebody who just was in the D leagues. They they couldn't shoot for shit, but now all of a sudden they can make half court shots because of the Wilson ball. The NBA comes <laughs> back, and all of a sudden, Markel Fultz is now the top player in the NBA. First overall pick. Flamed out a couple of years ago at the 76ers, <laughs> but now he's on the Magic. He's got a Spalding. He's all ready to go. Yeah, like Greg Oden or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, Greg others. Oden's issue wears knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, and then the only other thing I have written... I mean, I guess we can get into the players versus the owners in baseball. Yeah, that's... Uh, it's weird because I see both sides of it to an extent. Uh, the players... I'm for firmly on the player's side. They signed contracts to get this much money and why what 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 do they have to gain by not getting that money? Well, yeah, I I mean in general I'm always on player's side. I understand why if you own anything and something unpredictable like this happens, you negotiate. But apparently they've agreed the players to a pay cut and the owners want more. Yeah, no, and then the players get painted as greedy, and then you get fucking dumbasses on Twitter. I fucking hate when anybody's like, oh, this is a millionaire versus billionaire argument. Nobody should ever... Like, those things are the same. Do you know what the difference between a fucking million dollars and a billion dollars? It's it is fucking crazy. It is a lot. <laughs> okay, here's this is real. If I was to give you $5,000 a day, just here you go, five grand a day, it would take me six months just about to give you a million dollars. Yeah. I could have started giving you that money the moment Columbus landed here, and we're still not at one billion. Jesus. That's pretty like, it's an It's an enormous, like, so all these people that are just like, no one should care. It's millionaires versus billions. First of all, not even all these players are millionaires. A lot of these people that go up and down from AAA to the majors are living fucking paycheck to paycheck. Like, this fucking matters to them. So, like, that's sort of my stance on it is the the flippancy of the fans. It's like these people, like, you you claim to, like, love their work and love what they do. And the second it's, like, not – I don't like I'm always on the on side of the players, regard. but I do understand from an owner's perspective, you're not going to pay them the amount that they've agreed to when they're not able to do the thing you're paying them to. And it's but not that's what it's, a fucking contract is. Like that's legally what a contract is. If you if you wanted to write in the contract all these yeah, stipulations there should be, like oh there's yeah, this there and is this. no pandemic clause in it, but I'm okay with them but not that's getting like paid. Their fault. I'm okay with them not getting paid the full amount for just this season, but they agreed to that. That makes sense. Yes, yeah, they they already they already agreed to more than they could have because, in terms of life, every time that it's like, oh, sucks for you. It only sucks for you if you're the person who was supposed to get money. Right. It sucks for you that you signed a contract that you now have to pay all these fucking people, and just because they're billionaires, it, it can't suck for them. No, it sucks for you. Fucking pay these people. You signed a contract. Yeah. Like, what, what do you want to do? Like, like what happens? This is supposed yeah. to be legally binding. Yeah. Um. But uh, like you know, it happens where you take the chance on if you sign someone to a contract, they get injured. You're si- there's ge- differences in guaranteed money also. There's clauses for all this. They're trying to, like, fuck them out of it because they don't want to pay money for what they feel is nothing because they're fucking greedy dickholes. That's how you get a billion dollars is by being a fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no good people with a billion dollars. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's probably a few. Mark Cuban seems, if, if, like, Mark Cuban seems like a good guy. He's, he's very good. He's got a lot of very nice publicists. <laughs> I don't know. You can pay for the 
best publicists. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, move it, I guess, moving on in baseball, uh, two, Armando Galarraga wants them to overturn his perfect game. Yeah. He, um, I don't know. This, uh, overturning calls in general from a time where there was an instant replay seems like, I don't think it'll do anything. Yeah, I agree completely. I think it's just like, man, so you, you got fucked. Everybody acknowledges you got fucked, and you got a Corvette and a special place in baseball history. If and anything, this is kind of more remembered. More people, I think, know about Armando Galarraga's story than Dallas Braden's perfect game. Or Mark Burley, absolutely. I think people know Mark Burley's. Uh, Philip Humber would be one people don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that that also, too. It's just like... He he's gonna be the most memorable person out of the like weird era where there was like five perfect games in a couple years. Um, I think Roy Halladay is more known. Kinda. I I don't know that perfect game is the first thing you think of when you think of Roy Halladay. That's though, is I it? mean definitely not. You think about his uh, airplane crashing. But what? Oh, did yeah. You think about the airplane crashing, and then I th- I also just think like Blue Jays legend. Yeah, and like the the words, the, Philip Humber absolutely. The first thing I think of is perfect game. Mark Burley, the first words I think of are Mother's Day because he threw his perfect game on Mother's Day. Was that Burley or Dallas Braden, or did both of them do it? I think it was Mark Burley threw his perfect game on Mother's Day. I'm pretty sure Dallas Braden did. I don't know if maybe both of them did. We can check this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That is a good thing um, that we're recording this through Zoom chat. We are just both on our computers. Yeah, for the yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. The game, Dallas Braden's was on Mother's Day, and his grandmother oh, was I- in the crowd. Um, huh. I feel like I just watched something about this, but I'm also been you know. Yeah, Mark Burley's fucking- perfect game was um, the. Uh, yeah, Mark Burley's was not on Mother's Day. Um, oh, then I mixed them up. That's my bad. It was, um, it was, uh, there were four no-hitters allowed by the Devil Rays in less than three years. And the second, first one was Mark Burley. The second one was Dallas Braden's, um, in, on Mother's Day. They had, the Devil Rays gave up three perfect games in, uh, uh less than three years. That. That hurts. It was that's, that. That's, it was Burley, um, Braden. I believe the third one was Felix Hernandez, which is the last perfect game that's been thrown in baseball. Hmm. It's weird that they happened so free. Remember, everybody thought they were going to start happening more. Yeah, because we had like uh, three years where you had you had like a bunch. This week was also the anniversary of David Wells's. Yeah, that's funny. And um, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but there was a uh, – we know he was hung over for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard a story where um, he said, like, in between innings at one point, David Cohn was daring him to throw a knuckleball. <laughs> and he said he wouldn't do- – and every time he came back without doing it, David Cohn called him a pussy. <laughs> yeah, that's that sounds about right. David Wells has been really active during the whole quarantine thing, doing like Q and A's on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, he's, he seems he's, like he seems a cool like a dude. 
Yeah, he absolutely seems like a fun guy to go out drinking until five in the morning with. I don't blame Jimmy Fallon at all <laughs> for wanting to yeah. do that. And also, we didn't mention it. It was last week or the week before. Um, we didn't mention it on the show though. Was the it would have been Tony Gwynn's sixtieth birthday? Oh yeah, uh, we were, me and you texted back and forth a lot about like crazy Tony Gwynn stats. It's they are insane. pretty nuts. There's like a three year period where he swung and missed. He scored more runs. He had more runs scored than swings and misses over a three year period. Yeah, unbelievable. And I, it's somebody that I didn't know the extent of the stats. Like, the fact that he had his career high in hits at age 37, it yeah. seems fucking nuts to me. Like He's he the, best, the best hitter I've ever seen. Uh, him or Ichiro, it's between those two. It's just a pure yeah. hitter. Yeah, Ichiro, Ichiro's always going to have the, the fucked up stats because, like, the first thousand hits are in a different league. Yeah, so but even like, if you add those in, he's got oh, he's got three thousand major league hits. If you add those, yeah, in, I know that's why I'm, he's the that's best. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like if you add those in, he's, he's got more hits than anyone ever. Hitter. I also love Ichiro's quote where he's like, "I could hit fifty home runs a year, but I'd also have to hit two sixty, and I don't think anybody wants that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, so so badass. Yeah. <laughs> he um he's incredible. But Tony Gwynn, be- probably the best hitter I've ever seen, and uh, was hitting three ninety four during the strike year. May have had a shot at four hundred if the season continued. Oh, those strike! I- I'm wondering if this is. Do you- I like? Do you think that there's going to be baseball by July fourth? I have no idea. I really. Don't I don't know. have any confidence in it because Cuomo today said that they'd be able to use Yankee Stadium. And City Field. He's like, we, we'll open back up the the New York fields and stuff. I don't. I I think they're all just headline news. I don't. I don't believe that there's a reality where they can be traveling. Would they? Would they be opening them with fans city? allowed or no fans? Oh no, no, yeah. no. They, okay. Fox even said they're going to pump in artificial crowd noise for sports when it comes back. Yeah. Oh, so Marlins games will sound the same. Uh, not even. They'll sound more rowdy than they've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so that's what, it's, that's what it's at. It's like we got golf, we got UFC, and we got racing. And then I don't know how, how anything else is supposed to work because there, there's no day-to-day travel in any of those sports. NASCAR, I guess, maybe. But at least you're, like, by yourself in that fucking stock car. Yeah. And, yeah, I haven't heard any updates on NHL or NBA. Yeah, the NBA was in the middle of his season. Like, I feel, I feel Same, like I'm hearing yeah. more about baseball. Same thing with the NHL. They, I think the NBA players, like, voted they want to finish the season. I don't even know how you can without – I've heard the, uh, the proposal that if they restart the season late, they should start it late and then for the rest of time have the NBA season start on Christmas. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's not the worst thing in the world. Because they don't want to compete with football as much as the worst. Like, they don't want to have the entire season almost overlap with football. They'd want it to go Christmas to, like, 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah, that's not the worst thing in the world. That's a decent schedule. But then if... I don't know if the NHL would move or not because then it's uh, not that it's competing with baseball. I don't think baseball is as big of a competitor as the NFL is, but you're overlapping with baseball a lot there. 
Mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't know if they're as concerned about. I don't think the audience between the NBA and the MLB is is as overlapped. Yeah, as NBA NFL, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, there's. I mean, there's still a decent amount going on in sports. Even the, uh, we're starting to get some back, and uh, I don't know. Within the next couple months or so, I'm sure we'll just keep seeing little bits of more and more. Yeah, I cannot wait. I'm fucking dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we'll just keep playing MLB The Show in the meantime. Yeah. Maybe even that, though. I get pissed off because I, I, I play uh, the online ones, and you can pull all kinds of bullshit. Like, you can exploit the shitty parts of the game in a way that's really fucking annoying. Like, uh, I've learned that if somebody's in a rundown, you have to chase them to the base because you can, if you throw too early, they can immediately turn, and the game can't, like undo the throw in time so you can you can fuck bases over on people left and right uh, so yeah it's it's just like it's less about playing baseball and more about knowing how the game is broken and exploiting it yeah so it's just like that shit drives me fucking nuts too so if oh, you guys man. are listening you're bored in quarantine just go online and find anthony passerati's ps number uh, go ahead give out your ps numbers people can play you and run the bases on you and torture you Oh no! I figured out how to stop it. You, oh, you have okay. to just chase them. They're, they're, and I also still think that people who uh, suicide squeeze in like the second, third inning of games when they're losing are pussies. Swing the bat. <laughs> awesome. Well, on that note, thank you guys for listening. Another fun week uh, for us to just talk about what's going on. There is still some fun sports stuff. And uh, yeah, if you uh, have any questions for us, any feedback, tell us what you're up to. Anything we missed. Tweet us at Who's On First Pod One. That's our Twitter and Instagram. Or tweet either of us. I'm at Real Matt Marin on Twitter and Instagram. Anthony's at Anthony Pass94. Thank you guys for yep. listening, and we will see you next week. Yeah, sounds good. See you guys. <laughs>